Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Praise the Lord. Let's all lift our hands. Father, we came here to encounter you today. We came for the sick to be healed, for broken hearts to be mended. I pray that your anointing would fall on your people today and that lives would be changed forever and all eternity. If you agree with that, can you shout amen? Can you give God a big hand of praise? Slap your neighbor a high five. Tell them they look good in church and you can be seated. And if they don't look good, tell them they look good anyway. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Open your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. It's just to the left of 2 Samuel if you're looking for it in your Bible. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm going to give you four keys real quickly today. Uh, Keys to recovery. Everybody say recovery. It's God's will for you to recover everything that's been stolen from you. We're spending the summer declaring God's word over our life and we are getting it all back. Can we say that together? I'm getting it all back in Jesus' name. This is the summer where we are recovering what was stolen from us. Uh, Some of you, it's money. Some of you, it's health. Some of you, it's peace. Some of you, it's your sleep. Some of you haven't slept good in, in 700 million years. But the Lord is faithful. He said he will give you rest, the Bible says. Uh, so we're just going to get it all back in the name of Jesus. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. Uh, what happened right before this is, is an area was overthrown and David w- was finding out about it. And he comes to the area and all the people have been taken and lots of the stuff have been taken. And the Bible says David was greatly distressed. Have you ever just been distressed? Have you ever just been going through some stuff? I'm talking about you're driving, you get out of church... The pastor with exceptional hair just preached an amazing message, praise the Lord. You're like, that is just one of the nicest shirts I've ever seen in the world. You get in your your Honda Accord and you're driving down the road and you're thinking, man, there's only one thing that I need today and it's a chicken sandwich. (laughs) And then you pull up to Chick-fil-A and you remember it's Sunday and they're not open on Sunday because of Jesus and you're distressed. David was distressed, like, like way past Chick-fil-A is closed, distressed. He's distressed because the people talked about stoning him. The people talked about killing them. They talked about killing him because the soul of the people was grieved. In other words, they were lashing out because they were hurt. Hurting people hurt people. And the minute that you begin to realize that everything is not personal against you, is the moment you have the opportunity to be set free from what anybody else says about you. The Bible says that they were uh, grieved because their sons and daughters were taken. But David, everybody say, but David. 
I like to say it like this. You better know when to stick your butt in the way. But David encouraged himself in God. Number one, if you're taking notes, you have to build yourself up. Your happiness is nobody else's responsibility. Your joy is not your wife's responsibility. Your joy is not your husband's responsibility. There is, there is nobody on the planet that is responsible for your joy and your peace other than you. Both have been provided for by God and we just have to walk in them and believe after those facts when we're experiencing something else. But the moment that you begin to give somebody else or assume that somebody else is responsible for your happiness is the moment that your happiness uh, begins to drift away like some, some type of vapor that you'll never grab again. Because you'll spend the rest of your life disappointed because nobody is capable of knowing everything that's going on inside your mind. When you walk in the door and, and, and she, hasn't, she doesn't realize that you just had the worst day of your life, all of a sudden you're sitting there and you have the thought, she should know. She, how should she know, Cletus? How should she know? How should he know? How should he know what you're thinking? You know, uh, uh, the minute that you decide that you're going to do what the Bible says and you're going to build yourself up, you're going to strengthen yourself. I'm not talking about bragging about you. I'm talking about like, like David did, building yourself up in the Lord. The, uh, one of the most popular verses in the whole Bible, it's the first verse that we taught our children to memorize, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When that happens, when you realize that, now all of a sudden you become a candidate for victory in every situation because your strength is no longer uh, uh, dictated about how you feel. I can do all things, not because I'm strong all the time. I can do all things because Christ gives me strength. So you begin to encourage yourself. Uh, 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 you, you have to build your... If you're going to recover what the enemy has stolen from you, you have to encourage yourself. One way to encourage yourself is to be under the word of the living God. You cannot overemphasize the value of being taught the word of the living God. You cannot overemphasize, I know this sounds really old-fashioned, but, but, but just, just bear with me, reading your Bible. We wouldn't even know who Jesus was without the Bible. The Bible is the answer to every problem that you have. The thing is, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. We've got to find out what the Bible says about it. Because you can spend the rest of your life thinking God's trying to uh, teach you something with a sickness. When the Bible says he's the God that healeth thee and a house divided can't stand. God would never divide himself against himself. A house divided can't stand. It is not his will for you to be sick. If you have a symptom on your body, it's because we live in an area that is plagued by sin since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden or because we have an adversary, the devil and all those that are with him that are trying to take you out before your time. The reason they want to take you out is because while you're breathing, you're a witness for Jesus. He already lost your soul. He just wants to stop you from reaching anybody else. So if we're going to be strong in this thing and we're going to get it all back and we're going to recover, we're going to have to be built up in the word. Come on, another way we can do it is we have to be built up in worship. The reason that we worship the Lord is simple. Uh, he's God. Amen. Listen, He's good and He's love, but even if He wasn't good and He wasn't love, you'd still have to worship Him. 
He created everything that is, was, and is to come. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says the earth is, he's so big, the earth is his footstool. Thank God he is good. Thank God he is love. But he is still God. Somebody give God a hand of praise in the house. When we come to this place and we magnify God, the Bible says he's bound by his word. He comes and inhabits the praises of his people. So we don't just come in here and worship because we feel like it. We come in here and worship because he's God. He's the answer to our problem. He's the solution to our issue. We worship God because when he inhabits our praises, all of our issues begin to dissipate and run because they cannot stand in the presence of almighty God. Another quick way that you can build yourself up. Uh, the Bible says in Jude, verse 20, that we build ourselves up praying in the Holy Spirit. If you're here and, and, and you've heard uh, something taught about tongues or, 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 or you've maybe never heard much taught about tongues, you stick around. We'll teach some good series and good uh, sermons on it. But one of the most powerful gifts in the body of Christ is praying in an unknown tongue or praying in the Holy Spirit. Uh, it is a gift that is given for the body of Christ as a weapon. If you, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not a second-rate Christian. You're not a part-time Christian. You're nothing less than at all. But at the same time, that is a gift that is available for every believer. And if you would like to receive that gift, you can ask God. And he's faithful. He's no respecter of persons. He'll give you that gift. And then you begin to pray in that unknown uh, tongue. And the Bible says you literally begin to build yourself up. You begin to get strong in your spirit man or your spirit woman. And the thing is you're praying what you don't know. The Bible says you pray out mysteries. Uh, and, and when you pray these mysteries out, here's the great thing about it. The Lord knows what you're saying because it's the Holy Spirit uh, interceding for you. But the devil has no clue what you're praying. I've, I've personally, my life has been saved several times uh, just from praying in the Holy Spirit. The Lord has showed me different times because the Bible says we pray out mysteries when we pray in the Spirit. But it's a strong, it's a strong position. It's a way that we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. It's like recharging a battery. I have three children. Uh, the oldest and the middle one are both baptized in the Holy Spirit and both uh, pray in other tongues. Uh, and when that happens, we don't push it on them, we don't rush it on them, but bless God, we keep them around the fire, praise the Lord. And, and before you know it, what will happen is you keep your kids around the fire, they won't want to live in the smoke. They want that clarity. When they get touched by the... I'll give you an example. Uh, we just had... The, the youth just went to a, a conference in Dallas. Did y'all enjoy that conference? Who all went to that? Was that fun? Praise the Lord. And then our, our, our preteens, they just went to a camp at CFNI. And, and just had a powerful time, the presence of the Lord. I, I wasn't there. My wife was and my, my oldest daughter was there. And, and they just talked about just having such a powerful time spiritually and just so many things happen. A lot of times when you get away from normal life and you just really have some time to kind of saturate in God. And, and one of the things that happened, they had a, a, a minister there that was speaking, a real wonderful lady named Jade. And my oldest daughter said, Mama, I don't know what it is, but I just really feel like I'm supposed to pray for Jade before we leave. Well, we, we do things in order, okay? So we didn't want to stop a service. Oh, I want to pray for you or whatever. But after the thing was over, after uh, when the time was right, my wife and, and my daughter walked over there, and, and, and my daughter, Haley, who's 11, said, I really feel like I'm, I, I'm supposed to pray for you. So they began to pray, and 
All of a sudden, the spirit of prophecy, which is another gift, comes on my little girl, 11 years old. And she begins to prophesy. She says, you're going to this place, this place, this place, this place, and this place, like six different places, names, names, the, names the, uh, where she's going, and, and gets done. It's a very emotional moment, very spiritual moment. And, and Jade, uh, uh, after Haley gets done, because you know, she's still 11, she's still a kid, you know, she goes outside and she's playing or whatever. And Jade says to my wife, she goes, you don't understand, Crystal. She says, she says nobody knew that these were the places I am already booked to go and your daughter just named every one of them in the order that I am going to them. Somebody give God a hand of praise. So the gifts of the Spirit are very powerful, but one of the power gifts is praying in an unknown tongue. If, it, if it's something that's foreign to you, don't let it turn you off from God. My goodness, He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. Uh, who wouldn't want a gift from God? But if you would, uh, if, if that is something you desire, it's one of the greatest ways to build yourself up in faith. Somebody say amen. amen. Continuing in the Scripture, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And David says... Uh, to uh, Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech, uh, son, I pray you bring me the ephod. And he brought it. He brought the ephod to David. Number two, if you're going to really recover, you're going to have to press in. We are not the type. The Bible says Hebrews ten thirty nine. We are not the type that draw back to destruction or perdition. We are not the type that draw back. Christians were never called to be, never called to be the type that draw back when things get tough. No, we are called to press in. Somebody say press in. Listen, if the fire is what's being threatened of you, then it, it ought to come out of your innermost being, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. The Bible says there was three Hebrew men. They were threatened to be thrown in the fire if they didn't bow themselves uh, to a demonic statue. And the Bible says that they looked at the king in the face who was threatening them, and they said, our God can deliver us, and our God will deliver us, but if he does not, I still don't bow to your demonic statues. We are not the type that draw back. Somebody said, not me. not me. We are not the type that draw back. The same fire that melts wax hardens steel. The same fire that melts wax hardens steel. The trying of your faith produces perseverance, produces patience, produces endurance. It is the trying of your faith. If you want your faith to grow, you got to work it. And here's the situation. You're going to have an opportunity this week to work your faith. Especially if you really want to, if you really start getting serious about living for God, you're going to wake up and all of a sudden it's going to look like the, 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 the sky has fallen all around you. And you're going to be like, I thought living for God was, was, was just uh, cupcakes and lollipops. <laughs> Did you know half of your Bible was written in prison? Amen. Come on, we're the people that press in. Amen. Somebody just said, does that mean I got to go to prison? No. <laughs> We're not the type that draw back. The Bible said when things got tough, David encouraged himself. Then he grabbed that ephod and he found a place with God and he got himself under that holy thing. And he said, he said, here's the deal, Lord. I need to know what you want me to do. There is a pressing in. When it gets tough, you don't find yourself away from the house of God. You find yourself in the house of God. 
If all you can do is come to the house of God and cry the tears out of your eyes until you're dry as dust and just say, all I know is my God can deliver me and my God will deliver me. But if he does not, I'm not the one that bows. There's something about living for God where we decide we're not going to draw back. The Bible says David then prays and he says, Lord, he says, I need to know what you want me to do. And he says this, should I pursue this troop? Should I overtake them? Number three, if you're taking notes, you have to know God's will. You have to know. You got to build yourself up. You got to press in and you got to know God's will. If somebody has told you that God wants you to be poor, that's a lie that cannot be backed up in the Bible. And if you, if you have difficulty understanding that, if you're a parent, look at your children and tell me which one of them would you like to be poor and not have enough to eat. If anybody has ever told you God wants to make you sick, then think of your own children and say, which one of my children would I knowingly put an affliction upon? That's called child abuse and you will go to prison for that. The Bible says he is a good father. We, as carnal people, we know how to give good gifts. The Bible says how much more so does our father in heaven know how to give good. He who would not withhold his own son, what would he withhold from you and me? We got to know how to build ourselves up. We got to know how to press in and we got to know the will of God. The will of God is that nobody would be lost. That means your entire family coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That means any given Sunday, which was an okay movie years ago, which means any given Sunday, you should, you should, you should know that the will of God for your family is for you to know exactly where your children and your grandchildren are. They are in the house of God with their hands lifted up, listening to somebody. They might even be preaching the word themselves, but listening to the word of God, being built up on their most holy faith. The will of God for your family is that your whole family serve God. Come on, give God a hand of praise right there. The will of God for your whole family, your whole, even your crazy cousin Ned, God wants him saved. Even crazy Sue, God wants her saved too. I'm talking about crazy Sue when you walk in the room and the first thing she says is, have you gained weight? You don't want her saved, but God wants her saved. The will of God. You have to know the will of God. How do you know the will of God? You know the will of God by finding out what God's word says. The Bible says that David went to the Lord. Now, they didn't have the Bible at this time. God, David went to the Lord. He said, should I pursue after this troop? Uh, should I overtake them? In other words, he's saying to the Lord, do you really want me to have it all back? Do you want me to have everything the devil stole from me? Do you want me to have all my joy back? Do you want me to have all my peace back? Do you want me to have all my relationships back? Do you want me to have all my hope? Do you really want me to have it back? And the Lord answered David and he said this. He said, pursue, overtake, and without fail, recover all. In other words, I want you to have it all back. Anything the devil steals from you, he owes a sevenfold return. The problem is people perish for lack of knowledge. If you don't know that, you can't institute that. But the minute you know the will of God, now all of a sudden something gets stolen from you and you begin to say, well, praise the Lord. I'm about to have sevenfold return on that. And the devil's like, no, 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 no. Take it back, take it back, take it back. Because when he steals from a Christian, 
When he steals hope, joy, peace, when he begins to steal these things from you, he has to give it back and he doesn't have a choice. The Bible says without fail. But number three, you have to know the will of God. You have to know the will of God in your life. You have to know the will of God in your situation. And the will of God is not difficult to understand. Brethren, above all things, I wish that you would prosper. In other words, have no lack and be in health just as your soul prospers. That word soul is the same word for mind, will, and emotions. In other words, I don't want you lacking peace in your life. I want you to rest your head on your pillow, get a good night's sleep, and wake up and make the devil regret that you woke up again. I want you to, to rest in the arms of God himself. I want you to have peace that surpasses all understanding. I want your marriage to be so strong that no good smelling perfume or some handsome guy has any way of breaking into that bond. Can we just be real in church? I want your, your finances to be so strong and so stable that it doesn't affect your relationship adversely. There are problems and then there are problems with money. And let me just tell you something. Problems with money are significant. They cause more stress than infidelity in marriages. Statistically. Finances. The Bible says that he wants you to prosper, to do well. You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, whatever you believe in your heart, that's what it'll be. But if you'll you'll just believe what the Bible says, if you'll just believe what the Bible says, why wouldn't God want you to do well? When you do well, you're going to bless the house of God. You're going to bless people. You're going to help people. You're going to do just like the disciples did in Matthew 14. God's going to distribute it to you, then you're going to help distribute it to others. Why wouldn't God want you to do well? Oh, well, God can't trust me. That's not true. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians that whenever he begins to bless you, it will knee-jerk. It will cause you to thank him even more. If you don't believe me, give your kid a lollipop. They don't throw it on the ground. Oh, thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. You hand them an ice cream cone, they don't just go throw it in the woods. They eat the thing because they're not wasting the blessing that their mother and their father gave them. You're not going to waste it when God blesses you. God doesn't have some uh, dam in heaven going up. They just, they just wait. You're not going to waste it. You're going to be a blessing to, the, to your family. You're going to be a blessing to the house of God. You're going to be a blessing to people around you. And you're just going to see the hand of God move. Because when the, when the windows of heaven open your life, it causes, the Bible says, through us, it causes thanksgiving Unto God, we just begin to thank Him. When somebody gives you a promotion at work, you don't spit at them. (laughs) You thank them. It's the same with the Lord. When He begins to open the windows of heaven. Now the trick is understanding that every good and perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. But because if you think that you earned everything, then you'll forget to be thankful. But if you'll say, you know what? He supplies my needs according to His riches and glory. Now you're just thankful for everything. God doesn't have a problem with you having things. God has a problem with things having you. Yeah, though. I tell you what, oh God, he just, you know, the man upstairs, me and him, we just, we see eye to eye. Let me tell you something, God doesn't see eye to eye unless you're putting your eye to that Bible because that Bible is where God sees. That's why it's so important to know the will of God. You can spend your whole life not knowing the will of God. You go to heaven, you'd be like, man, everybody up here is rich. 
Mansions, the Bible says. Streets of gold, the Bible says. Gates made of pearls. I love oysters, so I'm hoping that means there's oysters. I don't know. You got to know the will of God. Lastly, number four. The scripture says, pursue. You shall surely, everybody say surely. You shall surely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. Somebody say without fail. Number four, you have to stand on the word. This is old-fashioned tent revival type preaching. Stand on the word. That means you grab a promise and you don't let go. If he promised that your whole house will be saved, I don't care how Junior's acting. Your whole house is going to be saved in the name of Jesus. When he said he'd bless you to a thousand generations, I don't care what it looks like right now. When he said he's the God that healeth thee, I don't care what the symptom is. You hold fast your profession, your confession of faith. Don't grow weary in well-doing because in due season, somebody say due season, in due season you're going to reap. But you got to stand on the word. There's an old song I used to love. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. You stand. Ephesians 6, when it talks about our armor, it says stand. And having done all to do, stand. We're standing on the word of God. The Bible says without fail. Somebody say without fail. Without fail. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. The only way you don't win is if you quit. The only way you don't win is if you quit. Always causes us to triumph. Always causes us to triumph. I'm just going to say it like this. Let me let let y'all into my prayer closet for a minute. Typically do this alone, but it's just us and we're family, you know. I thank you, God, that I will never lose. I thank you, God, that you are making me victorious. I thank you, God, that you are opening the windows of heaven over my family, pouring out blessings. I thank you, God, that you are opening the nations to New Heights Church. I thank you, Lord God, that my children are going to rise up and prophesy. I thank you in the name of Jesus that they'll rise up and call my wife blessed. I thank you in Jesus' name they'll never be sick a day in their life. I thank you in Jesus' name that without fail, everything that's been stolen from my family, we're going to recover in the name. I thank you in Jesus' name that you always cause me to triumph through Christ. I will never be defeated in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Did you, do you feel the strength when you hear that? The Bible says faith comes by hearing, but not just hearing anything, hearing the word of God. So whenever you get to the place where you are distressed like David when he found out that Chick-fil-A was closed, praise the Lord. When you get yourself distressed, when you're in a moment of distress, this is the time to build yourself up. One translation of that word says you harden yourself. 
You get yourself so firm in who God is that you refuse to be moved. And the way you do that is by building yourself up in faith with the Word of God. Worship. If you pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit. Hear the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Listen to a podcast. Bless God. Turn on Christian television every now and then. Oh, I don't like them. They got different colored hair. Did you know that the largest network Period. The largest television network in the world is owned by spirit-filled Christians. And they are responsible for more salvations than any one church in the history of the world. Give God a big hand of praise for Christian television. Then we're the type, we press in, praise the Lord. If the going gets tough, the tough get going. We're the type that press in. Somebody said press in. We just press in. No, we're not the type to draw back. Devil, you, 8125 Turkey Creek Road, devil, is the wrong place if you're looking for people to draw back. Bullies only hit people that don't hit back. Know God's will. Stand to your feet, please. We're going to know God's will. I mean, know it. And we're going to believe Him at His word. We're going to believe what he said is true. We're going to believe that he's going to do exceeding abundantly above more than we can ask or think. We're going to believe him at his word. And he said, without fail, we're going to recover all. This is the year, help me somebody, when we're getting it all back in Jesus' name. We're just going to get it all back. Lastly, this is the key. This is the key to victory. This is the key of all the keys. This is the key. If you don't get anything else, get this. You got to stand on the word. A word from God is sufficient to sustain you. The Bible says that God met Abram. He said, I want you to find a city. And that one word sustained him for the rest of his life. He looked for that place whose builder and maker was God. His whole life he spent searching because of one word from God. You've got to stand on the promises. If you're here today and you know there's some things that need to be recovered in your life, God is here today to meet your need. Maybe you have a sickness or a symptom on your body. I believe just like God's Bible says that by His stripes you are healed. We're going to have our prayer partners right up here. I'm going to ask the team to sing a great worship song. Our prayer partners will be right up here. If you need prayer for anything, small or great, maybe it's something so little and you think, oh, that's probably not important for God. The Bible says he's counted how many hairs are on your head. That's how much he cares about you. Of course he cares. Maybe it's a huge thing and you're like, you know what, it would just be a miracle. Welcome to the place of miracles. This is the place where cancer has to die and lives get lived out. This is the place where dreams come back. This is the place where hope begins to arrive. Don't leave here the same way you came in. If you're going through something, let one of these people of faith here in just a moment, let one of these people of faith grab hands with you. They're not going to embarrass you. But what they are going to do is they're going to speak the word of God over your situation. And then you'll have the opportunity to do like David, to pursue to overtake and without fail now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph without fail you're going to recover all lift your hands Father in Jesus name as needs are brought to your altar today 
Let your presence so invade this place that sicknesses are brought to their knees and health becomes the standard. Thank you, Lord God, for meeting every need. Thank you, Lord God, for those who are praying and believing for a job or a better job or a relationship. Thank you, God, for those who are believing you for rest and peace. I come directly against the spirit of depression this morning. I speak against depression now, and I say it must go and never return. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you are in God's likeness and in His image, and depression has no place in your life anymore. The Bible says that anything that can be named is under the name of Jesus. Depression, you are under the name of Jesus. You must go, and you must go now. In Jesus' mighty, precious, holy name, amen, amen. Give God a hand of praise. If you need prayer for anything, meet one of our prayer partners. Right? We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.